What's the crack? I'm Brona. And I'm Ava. We enjoy listening to people tell their stories. And hearing their different perspectives. Which is why we started this podcast. In today's episode, we speak with Fanula Moran, journalist and presenter at RTE, head of brand and content creation at To Go Cup and student of DCU's Masters in Climate Change. Fanula shared her story to Sustainable Living and told us a bit about To Go Cup. She also chatted with us about her Masters in Climate Change course and what an invaluable experience it has been for her. We also spoke about secondhand September and how going secondhand is one of the most accessible ways to start leading a more eco-conscious lifestyle. Hi Fanua, thanks for joining us today. Hiya, how are you? So would you be able to tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Fanula Morin. I am a radio presenter with RT Pulse. I am a freelance journalist and I am the head of brand and social media content creation at To Go Cup Ireland's first deposit and return scheme. Brilliant. And so what encouraged you to lead a more sustainable lifestyle? Because I suppose that's what you're mostly known for on social media and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of talk a lot about sustainable fashion and veganism there. So for me, I had been this mad nature loving child, always off climbing trees, bringing stuff into the nature table in school. And then as we all do, kind of getting obsessed with clothes and everything growing up, going out on different nights out and stuff. And was in college at the time when fast fashion kind of dawned. So would have sort of, as most people who get a little bit of disposable income with their first job, kind of in their late teens, early 20s, would have started buying into that and everything else and didn't have a clue really why this clothing was so cheap or anything like that. So when... It was 2018, 2017 coming into 2018, excuse me, I watched the documentary Cowspiracy and that was the first thing that kind of made me go, oh, and sort of broke down a bit of cognitive dissonance around eating meat. So that sort of put me veggie then for about six months. And then just before New Year's Eve in 2018, I watched the documentary Earthlings and that turned me vegan overnight. I was horrified and I couldn't go back. So then I was doing lots of stuff on social media about kind of transitioning into being vegan for the year. And my friends who were really, really well into the fashion industry had been working as journalists in British Vogue. They kept recommending like, oh, watch the True Cost documentary because I thought I was saving the planet, not eating animal products. I was like, oh, my carbon emissions are so low every day and they're like no 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 but really like check your wardrobe you got to check your wardrobe you got to do a little carbon audit over there as well so I watched that documentary just before New Year's Eve in 2019 and oh wow was I shocked so I gave up fast fashion overnight I only buy secondhand fashion now love going around the vintage shops charity shops depop thriftify everything like that and finding lots of really cool pieces and that was over two and a half years ago now so I didn't know what to expect when I was going into it but I'm surprised and delighted to still be going this far in. Looking back now how would you say that your life fared on the sustainability scale before you actually became aware of the impact that your actions have on the environment? I don't think it was woeful um, in comparison to some people, but I was still eating like a lot of vegetables. My mom always did like some lovely vegetarian cooking growing up. She had been vegetarian until she was pregnant with me and was anemic and had to go back to eating a little bit of meat then. So like we knew vegetarian cooking growing up. Um, it was not something I was massively into, but I was only sort of learning to cook at the time and everything else like that. And then travel wise, I was doing... 
a few little city breaks a year, which I wouldn't do now. I'd really, really think twice about every flight that I have to take now and whether it's absolutely necessary. And obviously for the last two years, we haven't really been traveling much anywhere anyway, but going forwards now be maximum trying only to get in a plane for two holidays a year maximum um, and offsetting any emissions that I'd have to as well. I drove a bit for work. That was kind of unavoidable. But again, I was trying to just limit things the more I was learning. And that's all we can do, really. The more we learn, like no better, do better as you go along. So I don't think it was woeful. I wasn't working for an oil company and eating steaks every day, but um, it definitely could have been better and it still can be better. So it's getting better all the time. Brilliant. And so what were some of the challenges you encountered on the journey? Like I was just thinking there, um, I've been following you for a long time, by the way, and I know you, you used to do some like red carpet interviews and stuff like that. Like, was it hard to find maybe red carpet outfits and stuff like that secondhand? Yeah, that was a really interesting one, actually. And I remember as well as some of the red carpets finding like really cool things to wear, like I think for the VIP awards, I think it was 2019 I had upcycled a wedding dress my mom had wore 25 years previously to a wedding that I was a flower girl at so it was really cool finding things like that that I could do and I just got that tailor down in my local tailor that's a fantastic thing people can do bring all their clothes to the shoe menders and the tailors in their town to get them fixed up and to get more life out of them but the Galway races was a really enjoyable one for me because I set myself the challenge of just getting everything in secondhand shops. So I did a big blitz one afternoon down Camden Street and Georgia Street in Dublin. And I got so lucky with all these brand new dresses that were totally perfect for the races. It's not something I'd go to if my work hadn't brought me to it. So I didn't really have that kind of fancy wardrobe sitting around. But I was able to find amazing pieces. There was definitely challenges. And I think mentally as much as like, tangibly collecting the clothes as well um initially I had to reprogram my shopping habits because I was used to every second week I had this overflowing wardrobe but I was like oh I have nothing to wear like and you float through whatever high street stores to get something for the night out or whatever you're going to and that was something I really had to reprogram myself to do and still two and a half years later I still want to have less stuff in my wardrobe and that has been clear out after clear out after clear out um donating lovely bits to charity shops all over the place I think we Definitely have way too much here in Ireland, which is one of the most Western societies in the world. We're really spoiled for choice. And I think that doesn't necessarily bring us happiness. So one thing that I found on this journey of simplification, I suppose, was that the less I had, the more joy I had. And the pieces that I was occasionally buying, because I was buying much less stuff, but the pieces I was buying, I really wanted and I really loved them and cherished them. Whereas before, didn't really care that much about anything. Nothing was great quality, really. And it just, it wasn't lasting and I didn't love it. You were kind of, I found anyway buying it for the sake of buying it and then you're just on this constant hamster wheel of needing more what you bought that you thought you needed was burnt out or whatever ripped straight away and then you had to go back and do the whole cycle over again so it's lovely and really peaceful now not feeling like I'm a slave to the shops every fortnight to have to go in um, and my bag balance is very glad about that I'd say initially as well just until I kind of built up a really lovely background of gorgeous clothes that I could go picking into all the time it was a bit tricky going to work events sometimes I found and standing beside these gorgeous influencers who are in full brand new outfits of stuff every single day so just mentally training myself to be like re-wearing clothes is absolutely normal and totally fine and when it's clothes you love you don't care so it's been an interesting journey but it's definitely one I'd recommend to everyone and so your whole journey kind of started with this buying band on fast fashion. Would you be able to tell us a bit more about some of your favorite like secondhand or vintage finds? Yeah, for sure. Um, With the buying band, I did one of those before I'd even quit fast fashion. Totally. I did one in October. Um, a lot of people do no shop October. I know I come undone as a great gal on Instagram for kind of sharing that as well. I think she gets into that every year. 
But that for me was interesting because it was the first time that I was sort of challenging my own relationship with consumerism, I suppose. And the kind of ticks or bells that go off my head to go, oh, you need new clothes now. Off you go to the shops again, spend loads of money again. So it was kind of like Pavlov's dogs. I found the more I got into the buying van, the more the bells stopped going off. And then when I wasn't seeing the shop fronts beautifully visually merchandised to take as much of our money as possible. I didn't want any of the beautifully arranged clothes. So I found that really, really beneficial. After my first buying ban, it wasn't that I quit fast fashion then, but I did kind of implement rules to make me shop less. So then I decided, okay, if I see something in a shop that I want, I have to wait three days. And if I still want it, then I can go and get it because then I do genuinely want it and it's not an impulse buy. So that was a really good way for me to curb all of my shopping habits. But then come January, I had watched the documentary, The True Cost. I had seen all of the horrors involved in what I was buying. And I was like, okay, that's not for me. So I embarked then on a six month buying ban, which um, was a learning journey and a half because I didn't have a clue what sustainable fashion meant then. Um, So it was really just a time to try and figure out what that meant. The useless project, which used to be Sustainable Fashion Dublin, was just setting up at the time as well. So there's this amazing kind of collection of people all sort of on a similar journey at that time that I was able to learn from, which was just a really, really brilliant asset to have. Um, And I know they've expanded their work so impressively now to talk about food waste and active citizenship and so many other important things. The buying bans are really, really impactful. And I'd recommend everyone to do that, even just to save yourself some money. Some of my favorite finds that I found, I've gotten amazing runners on Depop for an absolute steal of a price. I've got these mad purple Nike ones. I'm not a sneakerhead, so I don't know the proper name for them, but they're so cool. They have a million different colors on them. I've got gold ones as well there and then I've no guilt as well because they're all coming secondhand so I love those ones beyond retro um is a shop where I got my favorite ever coat in that is this mad faux fur leopard print hooded thing so I was strutting around London and that the last time I was over there and I have a lovely yellow shirt that was from there as well so I really really love all of those pieces those are some of the standout ones at the moment that I'm wearing all of the time that answer to that question is getting longer and longer all the time because I keep finding such incredible things secondhand yeah that's amazing they sound incredible i'm big into vintage and secondhand myself so it's currently secondhand september like what advice would you give to people to get involved like obviously there's a buying band but like what else would you recommend i suppose for me if i keep a list of my sizes of everything so this is more to do with online so i know for a lot of people who are trying to get into this over the last while we had to go online so you were looking at thriftify which is an amazing platform set up by my friend ronan odalig which puts all of the charity shops online which is just incredible because he's increasing the sales and the money that they can make for all the charities but he's also giving us the wealth of all of the amazing stuff that people have dropped into those so that's a brilliant one to check out Um, and when you have that list of your sizes and all these different brands that you know that you like it just makes it really easy if you have it saved in your notes in your phone or whatever it's such a handy way to shop and then you can use that on depop as well which is a great place to find really cool things too if you are going out into the real world which you're able to do again on a charity shopping spree I would say brace yourself go well fed and go with an open mind I think is the most important so the thing that I know some people can find frustrating with charity shopping and it's not so much of an issue with thrift and depop because you can google exactly what you want and either have it or they don't or you can find something similar whereas going into charity shops there's no real telling what you might find like they're absolute treasure troves but you can get them on a good day or a bad day they might have got a load of amazing stock in or they might have got a load of stuff there's just not really what you're looking for so I find because I'm kind of more into that slow fashion secondhand buzz now 
I don't need things urgently. It used to be like, oh my God, I have to wear a red top to this event tomorrow. And then you'd get it, you get next day delivery and you were sorted. Whereas now, oh, I'm like, I'd like a new pair of jeans in my winter wardrobe. So I'll browse around for them. And if I see them, great. If I don't, that's fine too. So I think it's just about being less demanding. And I think think outside the box as well and just have fun with it. That's the main thing I think this has given me like, I don't even know what's on trend anymore. <laughs> it's so bad. I've fallen so off the bandwagon of all that stuff. But I just think it's a really good way to find your true sense of style. So figure out what you love, figure out what makes you feel great, what you're comfortable in, what you think is really fun, what makes you smile when you put it on every day and go and find those things in the shops. Um, and you'll find the charity shopping space that speaks to you most. For me, the Camden Street stretch is like the mecca of all of this stuff there are just so many options to choose from and you can flip between them all in a quick little stroll so if one of them isn't doing it for you one day there's loads of other ones to go to there so yeah that is my advice i hope it's helpful that's brilliant advice that got me all excited wanting to go on with these charity (laughs) shopping sprees as well and um actually you are studying right now in dcu and you're doing a master's course in climate change what made you choose this course like were you always interested in climate change or was it part of the journey so for me my undergrad have been communications and obviously I've been working in the media the whole way up through doing lots of radio and tv production journalism and just had been really kind of in the entertainment route like caught a terminal radio bug at DCFM so I think I'll be sick with that until I die but like loved it was having loads of fun but increasingly the more I was learning sustainability and climate action were becoming just a bigger and bigger part of my life as you know my social media presence like it's mainly about that which was a bit like I suppose it was like a juxtaposition then if like my day-to-day was like red carpets galore and then at night I'm like oh food waste like how do we use up these bananas without throwing them straight in the bin or whatever so yeah the glamorous and the not so glamorous mixing together there but just as I was kind of drawn more and more into that the entertainment reporting everything kept me really busy in the evenings and then when the pandemic hit there was no more of the events that I was running around doing interviews at so I kind of had a bit of space and I was just reading all these reports and after the first lockdown I saw that despite the world grinding to a halt, like absolutely unprecedented carbon reductions, no one getting in their car to drive anywhere, no one going on flights anywhere, that we still weren't doing enough to curb the increased carbon emissions that we needed to do. So that was the real kind of like, okay, no, this is like the moment now where we have to step up and do something about this. So for me, that was what drew me into the master's. And now I'm heading into my second year of that. We'll be doing a thesis in the next summer. And it's just been a really brilliant, eye-opening educational journey for me because we all know social media are echo chambers. Thankfully, mine is such a lovely, helpful one. They're always giving me tips about different things and just loads of help. And for me, the master's has kind of allowed me to see lots of different angles on things and open my eyes up to things that I thought like oh well this might be a really simple solution and then people were like oh well that's not accessible to this group of people or whatever else and because it was online as well which is absolutely brilliant there's people from all over the world doing it so we're getting such interesting local climate issues from all of them too and people right across the political spectrum then as well so for me it was a real um a radicalization (laughs) almost it's radicalized by DCU but um yeah it's been a really really interesting thing and I can't wait to get back into it now we're going to be studying climate change in the media with David Robbins from next week which I can't wait for because that's obviously my massive passions both colliding there so really really excited to go back I don't know obviously what the full extent of that course's impact will be on me yet but having just gone through the first year of it I am already so much more educated and enlightened on a load of topics and I found it really interesting as well. 
I was learning a lot of the theory that backs up what I was feeling about like the simplification of my life and that there were all of these things that kind of were in place already and were proven already. So that's um, really motivating for me to go and look into more. It's been an absolutely brilliant, brilliant journey for me. Well, that's excellent to hear about the course and everything. You mentioned there, there's been a few eye-opening parts to it and everything. What about it has, I suppose, surprised you? Because it seemed like you already had quite a good bit of knowledge about these issues, you know? Yeah, I suppose for me, what I'd kind of learned from seeing that our carbon um, emissions were not going anywhere close to what they needed to after their first lockdown was that although I knew already personal responsibility, which is like all of us doing our composting at home to reduce our food waste and trying to buy secondhand where we can and reuse what we already have, was that it was active citizenship and massive systemic global change um, from local right up to like all over the world changes that we needed to see happen so it was kind of seeing how I could get involved in making those happen was the main thing I went into it for just to see that mad shift in the world happen all of these things that we thought would never be possible happening overnight and then it's still not being enough was the real eye-opening moment for me and then going through the course it's just been brilliant to see the amount of different networks of people already doing this really hard work on the ground through every level level of society it's more than likely there's already a group set up in your area who are working away at this that we can just jump in and join and muck in with which I just think is absolutely fantastic do you think that doing this course was a good career move for you would you recommend it to others who are hoping to work in the environmental communication sphere Absolutely. And I'd say to anyone in that space as well, or who wants to get into that space, DC, you have other courses as well that might be more tailored to business. I know um, Joe Linehan is doing, I think, I think I've gotten her second name wrong. Sorry, uh, Joe, the futurist is her handle, but she is doing a sustainability one more related to business and DCU as well. So there's loads of different courses for whatever kind of space that you want to get into. But for me, I really wanted the broadest education about all of what is going on with climate change. So my full title of my course is the Masters in Climate Change Media Policy and Society. So it covers everything and anything. And then you can choose modules more specific to your space as well. So I'll be doing an education one this year, which I'm really excited about. And we did a movie one last year to kind of see how all these different documentaries and stuff can communicate really, really important issues to people and make it very accessible and still give people a little bit of hope along the way as well about how they can get involved in the difference that they can make. So I would definitely recommend the course. I think I'd always recommend education regardless, like whatever way you want to bring your career, it's in your hands. You can just make those few changes. There is, um, I must talk about those as well, scholarships available for my course too. So it is expensive. I am doing a part-time over two years. So the fees are 3,600 each year. And then former DC students get, I think, 10% back off those come January each year. So I'll get 360 euro back now come January because my undergrad was in communications in DCU as well. But yeah, it's expensive. It's definitely worth it for me, but you can get scholarships if that's not a thing that you'd be able to afford at the moment. But if you are looking to upskill yourself, which I think is such an important thing to do, I'm a big advocate of lifelong learning. Springboard is brilliant to check out as well. There's loads of free masters there. And I know there's increasingly more and more climate ones popping up there uh, because that whole platform is built to fulfill the skills that the country needs. And there's only going to be more and more need for green jobs coming into the future now so absolutely um I would definitely recommend it if you want to get into that space it seemed like it was only a few months after you started the course that you started 
working with To Go Cup. Could you tell us a bit about them? Yeah, so I'm the head of brand in there. It's Ireland's first deposit and return scheme. And basically, say you forget your reusable cup when you're out and about, which I have done before. And I am such a little eco-anxiety freak that I would rather forgo getting a coffee than get a single-use cup because it just stresses me out to know that I've contributed to that waste. So I'd rather keep my conscience clear and my planet clean. But I know that's not the way that it works for everyone. And we're all only human and we forget our cups. So what a to-go cup is, is basically a deposit return scheme. It costs one euro. So it's totally accessible, totally affordable. And you rent a cup with that one euro. Now you can keep that cup used as many times as you like, or you can bring it back and get your euro back. So it just totally eliminates the need for single use cups at all. And I think there's going to be so many exciting developments in the space over the next few years with the circular economy legislation coming down from the EU, just to see all of the creative thinking to kind of eradicate such unnecessary waste from our society. So it's great to be in this at a time when the industry is blooming now. There's been such amazing uptake from all the different cafes and colleges and everyone else that we work with. So I'm delighted with that move. And it's just a really, really exciting time to be in such a cool part of this sustainability space but yeah it was quite soon after um I started the course so I would started the course in October of last year and then I started into go up in April of this year and I took March off work just to have a little break after all the lockdowns or mid whatever the third lockdown or something and um, for a little reset after journalism which is a very time intensive career to be in so it was lovely to get that little breather before starting the new chapter then would you be able to tell us a bit more about your role at to go cup and what it involves yeah so with the head of brand thing i get to go out on the road and meet all of the different amazing kinds of businesses that sign up with us so just last week i was down in killarney chatting to the black sheep hostel who are the first accommodation service that we have with to go cup which is brilliant so they have a cafe built into their hostel and they're one of the world's most sustainable hostels which is so so cool to see amazing polytunnels out the background all their own veg so cool. So it's going out doing video content, social media content, any media opportunities like this, basically to spread the good word of deposit and return schemes with to go cup, which is really, really lovely because it's something I'm so passionate about. So it's such a fun role. Considering both your climate studies and your work in this particular area and your own interests, what do you think are some of the most important steps we need to take to kind of slow climate change? Ooh. <laughs> Big <laughs> one, I know. <laughs> there's a lot of what about in the media and it always so frustrates me and people are like oh why would we bother doing this when this does more or this is more damaging and I just think we need to do all of the solutions now because we've less than 10 years to turn the ship around and we just really need to make the biggest effort that we can on an individual basis I would say the more and more of us who can be active citizens and really vote for the green options and everything like that now not necessarily the green party but whatever candidate you feel locally is doing the most for the environment for you whoever that is and let all your politicians know this is a massive massive issue for you the personal responsibility things are great as well like doing the secondhand fashion I I would recommend a climatarian diet not necessarily a vegan diet it's not for everyone but if you're eating good local in-season food and less meat than like the western people our society generally do you're doing really well um, and I kind of find those things a catalyst to doing more climate action no one does one bit of climate action it's like ah that's me done the world is saved so the more you can do the better and I just think all those little things sort of add up into making us really engaged and really passionate um, and going out and fighting for change go to marches show up in person show up online sign the petitions and talk to everyone about it because everyone is an influencer in this space so if you've started doing something that's more eco-friendly tell all your friends tell your family and the more people you can impact the better 
Brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on and speaking to us about this. It's been so interesting and it's lovely to finally get to chat to you after, you know, liking all your posts for a few years or whatever. Thank you. My absolute pleasure. And thanks for following too. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks yeah. a million, guys. That was lovely Thank to you chat. so much. Bye-bye. And a big thank you to our listeners. We hope to see you guys tune in next time. Bye.